Congratulations on getting through your nine to five. That's right. That's not Carrington's voice. It's my horse. Terrible. Almost gone. Been out too late. Watching KU voice. I am Rob Britton. I usually produce this show, but Carrington is letting me take over the five o'clock hour because last night the Kansas Jayhawks won a national title. Carrington now in the producer booth and Carrington being a good producer, he got me some guests. We are joined now by the guys at Jayhawk Talk Radio, the Jayhawk Talk Podcast, Andrew Payne and Kevin Meckley. They'll be with me until six o'clock for a Jayhawk Talk radio takeover here on the drive. Guys, it's almost like something big happened last night for you. You got popping at five. Dude, this is this is the best, right? To to come on and do the five o'clock hour. What a big man Carrington is to mm-hmm. let us do this. We're taking over. We're taking over just like the Jayhawks took over the second half last night. Couple things. It's very nice of Carrington to let us do this. You know, everybody listening at home, they're gonna know. Like they're Carrington's gonna say some nice things. He's gonna say some nice things about the Jayhawks, but they know deep down he doesn't really mean it. I mean, this is off air. He doesn't say those nice things. I'll say that right now. <laughs> so, the nice things stop at the water's edge. <laughs> we're coming from the perspective of the people who were waiting for this game for 14 years, who thought that it would happen every year in between, and then finally happened last night, fellas. Feels so good. I mean, it, it feels great. Before we get into the game, you actually said something interesting there that kind of got my head moving. Did you really think every year in the last 14 years they get one? Because I feel like... Andrew does. Okay, because I talked to a lot of people. I was on Mass last night, thus the voice. I talked to a lot of people on Mass last night who they were like, this is Bill Self's eighth best team since 2008, <laughs> which got me thinking, you know, there were some teams in there that in hindsight, I kind of fooled myself and the thing could do it. Like that Diedrich Lawson team probably couldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah, I... There was probably a point in that 2019 season with Diedrich Lawson that I convinced myself that Diedrich was going to take us all the way. There's a certain point, (laughs) you know, October, November comes around like, this is our year. Like KJ Lawson's our guy. KJ. I'm a big (laughs) KJ guy. But yeah. So like, yeah. Is this Bill Self's best team? I don't know. Probably not. But here's my thing on that. Is that, is this the Boston Celtics best team? You know, they're going to the playoffs. They might be the number one seed. No one ever says like, hey, Boston Celtics are great this year, but this is not their best team. That doesn't matter. This is this 2022 season, and this was the best team, and this is the team that won. I just think, and I agree with you, I've always felt this about the tournament. This kind of game, this kind of season was always going to break that way for self because it clearly wasn't his most talented team, and it shows the randomness of the tournament. And the randomness of the tournament, for lack of a better term, really was highlighted in the game itself. Oh, sure. Let's start in the first half because, and we'll we'll go quick through the first half because it was awful. There were zero positives that I was, as a fan, I was watching. But just take us through what your guys' emotions were as KU starts out hot and then immediately falls on his face and gets down, what, 15, 16 going into the break. Yeah, I mean, to, to start the game, Ochai hits a three, and you're going, okay, uh-huh. all right, this, Here this is what's up. Here it is. And then Dave McCormick comes down and hits a little jumper from the elbow, and we're going, okay, this is right, this is right. We go out to, what, a 9-3 start? Manic hits that three, 9-3, and then... It just starts to slowly fall apart. They, credit to North Carolina, too. They played really well in that first half. They didn't make shots, but they were playing well. And we we didn't have a great answer for their athleticism, for their length, except the, the one thing that kept coming back to is we were getting good looks. We were getting to the rim. We were just missing. And then everything tightened up. Like, they started to make some shots, and we just – 
We looked rattled. We looked frazzled. And it felt, frankly, I think I even tweeted this. This was like, we look like Miami did when we were making the run. Like, and then obviously it, everything kind of switched in the, in the second half, but it felt, it felt pretty gnarly there in that, that second 10 minutes of the first half. When the shots weren't falling, when the layups weren't going in, you could really see that tighten up yeah. where Ochai was passing up shots. CB was passing up shots. The offense wasn't flowing. The offense wasn't really clicking. The actions weren't working. And so it's just, what do you do? Remy tried to come in here. He, he banked <laughs> a three pointer in. That's kind of really all we had for a good portion of that first half. But you know, at the end of the end of the first half, we're down 15. We're down as many as 16, but we've been there before. And I can think that that's what I remembered. Did I think we were going to lose? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I thought we were going to lose. But this team has done this before, and it's not necessarily this season, but this Bill Self's got something about him where he can turn games like this around. So if you remember back to the K-State game, down 16 at halftime, 16 at halftime, no different than this. Did I think we were going to lose that K-State game? Yes, I did. <laughs> but, I mean, how can you not? But really – when you turn it on, the second half comes on. You kind of knew it was going to be a different story in 90 seconds. Pretty quick. The yeah. dunk. Basically, the minute they came out of the half and they drew up that dunk, the McCormick got, it was a little, you know, action, pick and roll action in the middle of the floor. They threw the oop to Dave. I was like, there's, there's already a different energy. They've seen the ball go through the basket. Circling back to the first half real quick. I'll tell you this, and maybe it's like, I know it's tough to sound like a jaded KU fan because they do win a lot. And yes, last night was great. When I was seeing all those good looks, those Wilson layups, those Brown mm. layups, those McCormick layups, miss after miss after miss. And I'm thinking to myself, these are good looks. KU fans, KU is excited about these looks. I had a little bit of VT VCU PTSD. Yeah. I was like, mm -hmm. they got all the looks in that game they wanted and they just didn't make the shots. And that's what's happening. And you're right. You could feel it all start to tighten up. And I'll credit Carolina. They took literally a punch in the face in the first five, <laughs> in the first five minutes of the game, and they roared back to life. And I, I was nervous when KU gave up that, what, 12, 14-0 run. It seemed like it was all on free throws, too. Yeah, that, they, they were getting some pretty good shots. But, you know, the, the, our first shot defense was great again. And then they just kept getting those offensive rebounds and putbacks and, and random three bounce, you know, the ball bounces out and they hit a three. And, and so it was definitely rebounding was the, was the killer in the first half for me. I mean, the defensive rebound, we could not get a board. They were getting all their points on that. And then of course, as you mentioned, the, the free throws, which we also could not make. Mm. Yeah. Rebounding was it. I mean, we, Ended the game minus 20 on, on the boards. How many games can you win <laughs> by giving up 20 more rebounds to the other team? Not very many. So the production had to come elsewhere. The defense had to come uh, in different spots. And I think those offensive rebounds were really slowed down in the second half. Yeah. Uh, big, big part of it. But, you know, the, Bill Self's teams are usually very good rebounding teams. I wasn't there for us last night. And, you know, credit to North Carolina. I think they're one of the best rebounding teams in the country, and I think the statistics bear that out. Uh, but they really showed that last night, and we had to find different ways to get, get that production. Okay, so I assume neither one of you guys felt the turning point was any point in the first half. I'm just going to assume that you guys felt at the end of the first half, there's no turning point. This is a disaster. The world is on fire. Other than superstition stuff, at halftime, everybody was changing their shirts, mm -hmm. changing their shoes, changing where they were sitting. We had some guy tell us yesterday he changed the clothes on his dog 
at halftime. We had <laughs> I have follow up questions for that guy, like why are you clothing your dog? <laughs> hey, whatever works. It's, and it's only what weird. Do. It's only weird if it doesn't work. One guy said his wife rearranged the pillows, which is nice. I mean, there was whatever it takes. Better than clothing the dogs. That's something. We heard from someone who was at the game who brought a change of clothes, who changed clothes at halftime. In the Superdome. See, these people are all legends. <laughs> these are heroes of the game. That are, they're not going to be in the rafters. They're not going to be talked about. But we're going to bring them up on here on 610 Sports on the drive because they, too, contributed to the turnaround, the comeback of this game. I felt like I was weird at Allen when I changed seats. I was like, well, this section's broken. You I'm going to do it. Here. Right. No, move you're around. a legend, too. Hero. So, so we talked about coming out of the half, the Harris to McCormick dunk. They really seem to get the second half going when in the second half. Cause again, I assume we were all on the same page. Second half when in the second half, do you feel like, okay, I think Kansas is going to actually come back all the way. Not, not the win yet, but when do you think they could erase the entire 16 point deficit? Cause I felt like erasing the deficit. I had this thought where it's like, they're going to exert all this energy, erase the deficit and then lose at the end. When did you guys feel like the deficit is going to disappear? To me, it was the first few minutes of the game when Remy, or not Remy, when when Dwan's defense was seemingly bothering them a little bit. Like he, people are not going to talk about about Dwan a lot. Didn't score many points or anything like that. But he was a he was a menace on defense, and we needed turnovers to get back in this game, and we needed stops, which we just were not getting early. And when we started turning them over a little bit, and then it's like. You made that dunk. You made a few layups. All of a sudden, CB gets open on a, on a run out. Jalen makes one on a run out. They get that and one that Jalen got. That's when it really started to feel to me like it was ours. And then we go up four and you're feeling six. You yeah, got up six yeah. and you're going, this thing's over. Like, there's no way they can come back from this. Like, they were rattled. This felt like, you know, Baylor game all over again they, on that comeback that they had against North Carolina where they were rattled. Of course, they ultimately came back and won that game. And Credit to them again. They came back again and took the lead. Like that was the thing that was so crazy. It's like for us to put all that energy, get back up in front, get up by six, you know, with what, eight minutes to play or so six minutes to play, whatever mm-hmm. it was like, I didn't, I thought it was over. I thought this is ours. There's no way they can come back from this. I think the turning point for me is if you, if you compare this to a boxing match, when you, when you got that cut and you saw that like, Oh, this guy can be beat mm-hmm. is when, they had that turnover on the out of bounds. So we, we yeah. had scored and they had a mm-hmm. you know, just mental you mistake. Just stepped things. over the line. Yeah. Just stepped over the line, you mental mistake. Things. And that's where I knew like, okay, these guys are not in the it right should. headspace to win this game. And that was what that was probably 14 minutes left, yeah. 15 minutes left. That was what I knew. But it was I already knew. down to like seven at that point or six. Right. At they that make point. that mistake. I think we score on the next possession, uh, you know, and then we're off to the races. But when you see North Carolina make that mental mistake, you know, the boxers cut. Now you can, oh, we can knock this guy out. Like we yeah. can knock these guys out and, and we went out and did it. I mean, it was a, it was a match the rest of the way. Yeah. And it was, it literally was a boxing match with injuries and head punches <laughs> and dudes and, throwing up yeah. in the corner. Guy threw up, people just fall down randomly. <laughs> By the way, for people on the text line who are listening and asking where Carrington is, this is a Jayhawk talk radio last night. Takeover, excuse me. Last night, the Kansas Jayhawks won a national title. Carrington was nice enough to give me the keys to the car for the five o'clock hour. He then, like a good producer, a solid producer, booked me some <laughs> guests. I'm here at the Jayhawk Talk radio guys, Jayhawk Talk podcast. 
Andrew Payne, Kevin Meckley. You're probably hear them here on 610 a lot. You're wondering, where's Nick? No one knows where Nick is. He left the station and just, I assume, asleep <laughs> somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> MIA. He told me the night was real deep for him. We're talking about KU's <laughs> national title win last night over the North Carolina Tar Heels. Talk about that second half and when you knew they were going to win. Was there ever a moment? Because I remember I told my buddy at halftime, if KU can have it down to single digit by the under 12, I'll be really happy. And of course, KU's leading by the under eight. And I felt <laughs> like, well, I felt like you did. I'm like, this is a Miami game all over again. It's a runaway freight train. Now they're just incredible. Here comes Kansas. Was there ever a moment where Carolina fought back that second time? And you thought to yourself, well, maybe they did exert too much energy to get all the way to here. Because I always think back to ironically, another Carolina, Kansas game where Carol in 08, when Carolina right. did right. get back into that game to their credit, but then you could tell they were gassed. They yeah. had nothing left. I was a little bit hesitant of that. When I think Carolina took the lead back, I think it was like 69, 68. I was like, Oh no, Carolina has come back. Does Kansas have that second counter punch? I think that I, I never felt that way. I, I always thought that we had it. And I think someone captured this on video about the 11 minute mark. Something went well. I think we got an easy layup and you can capture Bill Self's lips. And he says, we're going to win this. We're going to win the game. He said it to himself. Like, he you know what? It. He's just like, they're not talking to anybody. The Bill Self cam just picked it up. You know, uh, the, the, the basket went in. That's supposed to go in. That wasn't going in, in the first half. And he says, we're going to win this game. And, and I felt that way too. I felt that way the last 10 minutes talking about the energy because North Carolina had expended so much energy the whole weekend. Everyone seemed yeah. to be hurt. Everyone seemed to be gassed. And we had thrived in those last 10 minutes. We had put teams away in the tournament. So I thought we were in a better position in those last 10 minutes just based off all those factors. And I think that played out. I think you saw those injuries. You saw a guy throw up. You, you saw everybody. I mean, Manic was couldn't even get up off the floor for the last shot. I mean, it wasn't there for them from a uh, endurance perspective. Where I think we just had that little extra gear in that last ten minutes. Yeah, I I was I, I was pretty much there. There was a there was a point where I was uh, starting to be a little concerned. Of course, they came back from that six zero mm-hmm. or six six uh, a point. Uh, uh, advantage and you look down and you, you go, okay, what has worked to get us back here? It's not like we're jacking threes and making them. Although Remy certainly made a few. It's not like it's fluky stuff for us to get back. It's, we are establishing Dave. He's playing his butt off and that's not going to go away unless he gets in foul trouble. So just keep him out of foul trouble, which his defense was a little lax because he was not going to get that fourth foul. And I thought I felt comfortable because of that. Cause I liked the matchup. And then of course, Bill Self, a little X's and O's stuff, uh, you know, ex- extending uh, Baycott away from the basket and posting up CB a little bit, doing that kind of stuff. That was, th- you had to feel like the X's and O's were maybe a little bit on our side too. Um, and I was willing to take Bill Self down the stretch to compare to first year coach. Now, he was a great, great coach, obviously. First year got his team to the national title. But I, I felt comfortable just sort of from a legacy situation there from the best team all year compared to the other team that we were going to pull it out. The other thing was, I mean, their, their, their hosses were not making shots. I mean, you look down at, I mean, Caleb love was five of 24, one for eight for three. Um, RJ Davis, Oh, for five from three. Like they had, they were tired. Like they were gassed. Those were not, those were not great looking shots and in rhythm, comfortable. 
I, that's the only thing that made me feel a little comfortable. But of course, we've choked away really dumb games in the tournament. So <laughs> the back of my head, that's always there too. We're talking here. This is still the drive. I don't change your radio dials. Lock in. But in the Jayhawk Talk radio takeover of the five o'clock hour, I'm still here. I'm Rob Brenton here with the Jayhawk Talk radio guys. This is going to be very KU fan centric radio. So it, we're not going to be your Jay Billis. We're not going to be your. I almost said Digger Phelps. Boy, that was an, an old <laughs> poll. Whoever, LaFonzo Ellis, this is going to be fan-centric radio for the next 40-ish minutes leading up until bank at night. Speaking of fan-ish radio, KU won with Mario's Miracle in 2008. They won with Danny and the Miracles in 88. I don't know enough about 52 to tell you what happened that year other than they won. I, I'm sorry. Uh, but this one took the incredible comeback, the largest comeback in NCAA national title game history. Does it feel like... Why can't KU just like coast to a win? Why can't they do what they did against Nova in a national title game? Why is it always something? Why does my cardiologist hate me every March? That's the real question. Yeah, it definitely is heart attack basketball. Like we're not going to get an easy one, are we? It's always going to be something crazy has to happen. Some, you know, improbable event. You know, we were down nine in 2008 with Two twelve. Two twelve left. We're done fifteen at halftime. You know there were points in both of those games where you thought this is insurmountable. This is this is a basketball game that we cannot win, and we come back and maybe that makes it all that more special. But in the moment, man, I just want to get an easy win. Get an easy <laughs> win and get out. Co- collect the trophy. Get the ring. Move on. Not not going to happen. Not with the heart attack, Hawks. It's just not going to happen. Uh, although. Isn't it make it feel just a little better? Like every, the game has a has a narrative now. Every game that we've had that we've won this thing has had a narrative. Mario, his shot, Danny and the miracles, and now the the comeback game. We need to work on our mm-hmm. on our. We're gonna workshop the the marketing here of this game, but uh, it's not Ochai and the miracles. Ochai was he was the MOP, but we'll get to that. Yeah, I'm gonna say let's let's actually stay there for a minute because I have I actually said this on the drive. Yesterday, days are kind of blurring together when you're up till the sun comes up last night on mastery. <laughs> I said this yesterday to Carrington. I told him that I assume no matter what happens, Ochai is going to win MOP because for better or worse, what happens with these trophies nowadays, and it's not just college basketball happens in a lot of sports is they just give it to the best player on the best on the team that won. Yeah. Like Aaron Donald probably should have been MVP of the Super Bowl. They didn't give it to him because it's not the best. He's t- tough break. Mahomes probably shouldn't have won MVP of the Chiefs Super Bowl. It probably should have been Chris Jones. That's not how this thing's going to shake out. So I understand why Ochai won the award, and I have no problem with him winning the award because he had an incredible season. But the MOP determines Dave, right? Dave McCormick's the best player in, in the tournament. Absolutely. That was, that was Big Dave's game. That was Big Dave's tournament. Everybody else was just allowed to play in it. He won that game. He won, basically won the tournament. I mean, Remy in some spots, but you look at Dave's production. Dave was a... Uh, all Midwest tournament uh, team member. And then in these two games, Villanova and North Carolina was the best player on the floor, just absolute eating people up. And against someone like Baycott last night where, you know, Baycott ankle, maybe he wasn't, it wasn't perfect, but he was eating him up too. That was how we win the game. What did we do the last two possessions to win that game? You didn't go to your all American. You did not go to Ochai. You went for Dave twice. Over the over the shoulder hook and it went in. I mean, contrast that to Dayton. Like, if this is this is real deep KU fan stuff, but, stuff right but now. like, we went to Dave 
versus Dayton earlier this year. Dayton, not a very good team. And just we completely blew the play. Everyone blasted that. And everyone was like, how are we having Dave take the last shot? But last night, it worked. And I think that everyone else in their head, like, that's who's got to have the ball. Dave had 25 points and nine boards against Villanova and had 15 and 10 in this game. He outscored Ochai both games. He was the most important player on the floor. Both games, he his plus minus in that game last night, which I'm not a huge individual game plus minus guy, although I like to joke that I am, was like three times what Ochai's was. It was insane. Like he, he was by far the most important player on that team. He played by far the best of everybody on the team. And in those two games, final four games, we're just talking final mm-hmm. four MOP. It had to be Dave. There was no excuse for that. I, I want to know who voted. I would like to know their rationale. We need to bring them on the Jayhawk Talk <laughs> program. And I got, I can give a piece of our minds. I also like to know how the voting goes down. Cause in previous final fours, I've read people say, well, they give you the card to vote at like the under eight media time. I think that's right. Which I, it's early. That's, it's a larger problem societally beyond just Dave getting screwed here. But like, why is that the system? This is 2022. Let them vote on their phone for Christ's sake. It's just, it's just a last plus minute of the game. Every writer has a laptop in front of them. Just send them a quick email. Boom. Pops up. Send submit. It just, Dave got screwed. Speaking to your Ochai point, I can make a point that Ochai shouldn't have even been second on the list of people. Either Remy or Brown has a very good argument ahead of Ochai for player for most outstanding player. It just, I understand why Ochai won it, but Remy and Brown have bigger claims to that trophy than Ochai does. He can take it home. And you know who was making this argument last night? Ochai Abaji was, was, <laughs> was saying everything that we're saying right now. Bill Self, in, importantly, gave Dave the net. And Dave was the wearing that around his, yeah. his neck. That's not the hardware. That's not going to be listed in Wikipedia as the MOP <laughs> that people are going to be looking at in 100 years. But he's going to have that net. And, and for us folks who live and breathe this stuff, we're going to remember Dave. Yeah. Was it, it was the Dave game. You mentioned remembering Dave. Because obviously, since he didn't get MOP, he doesn't get the auto rafters treatment, which, I mean, we can also talk about KU's system for how they put people (laughs) in the rafters. But what is Dave's legacy? Because, I mean, I'm a KU fan. I remember earlier this year, not only the Dayton game, the Kentucky game, basically a lot of games before winter break, everyone hated Dave. Everyone hated Dave a lot last year. There's the famous meme where it's the Baylor game in 2020 where he had zero points, five fouls. Dave (laughs) was not a popular player for a long, long time. He should have been MOP of the tournament. How will KU fans remember Dave? Because he was both the yin and the yang. He was the full Dave experience. I think Dave, I think Bill Self should pull a, he's got the ability to do this. He's got a lifetime contract. He should pull a little stunt and say, you know, for this, we're going to put him in the rafters. I got the pull to do that. He could do that. Why couldn't he do that? He deserves it. He deserved it. Bill Self knew he deserved it. He gave him the, he gave him the net. He deserves to be among the people you mentioned as as the as you go back, you're looking in the in the time capsule of, of KU players that you that absolutely led the team to a title. Dave McCormick will be forever remembered by by true KU fans as that guy. And I'll remember him as a guy who just overcame so much injury, just slumps, lots of slumps, COVID, COVID, <laughs> to to end yeah. up really uh, you know overcoming so much. It comes so easy to these some of these guys where they can just put the shoes on and go shoot. That's not him. That's not Dave. That's not Dave. He had to overcome a lot in four years and he saved his best for last. 
Absolutely. You're listening to The Drive here on 610 Sports Radio. Text line points out, 576-7610. Jay Southland, Toaster's text line. CDOT is pure class. That's debatable. But he has turned over the show to the KU fans. That's right. I, last night, Rob Brenton, the producer of this show, was on mass. You can tell by my voice. And I was given a guest by Carrington Harrison as he let me take over the 5 o'clock hour today. We are joined by the guys from the Jayhawk Talk Radio, Jayhawk Talk Podcast, Kevin Meckley and Andrew Payne. When we come back here on The Drive, we will talk about Bill Self, who may have cemented himself last night as the best coach in college basketball with a bullet. We'll talk about it next here on The Drive. You're listening to The Drive, Kansas City's spot for one gotta go on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Get off my bumper. Traffic. Hunted by WhatsApp, eastbound I-70 at the Prospect. Left lane shut down uh, with a multi-vehicle accident. You're backed up into downtown. Rain falling across the metro, slowing you down on southbound 35. Stop and go all the way from Cambridge Circle to 75th. No one should read your personal messages. That's why WhatsApp uses end-to-end encryption. It protects whatever you send before, during, and after you send it. Always message privately. WhatsApp. Jay Edwards, 610 Sports Radio. Get off by bumper traffic. All right, welcome back into The Drive. I am not Carrington Harrison. You can tell by my voice I'm not Carrington Harrison. I am Rob Brenton, though, producer of this show. Carrington, true gentleman, true Jim of Kansas City, said, you know, it's all about strengths and weaknesses. He knows his strengths. He knows his weaknesses. KU winning a national title is a weakness of his. He's not equipped to do that 5 o'clock hour at his highest level. <laughs> I'm a KU fan. I'm a KU season ticket holder. He said, Rob, it's all you. I'll produce. He hooked me up with two guests. I'm here with the guys from Jayhawk Talk Radio, Jayhawk Talk Podcast, Kevin Meckley and Andrew Payne. We are taking you up until 6 o'clock where we'll be joined, where Bank at Night takes over, talking about KU's win, comeback win, comeback for the ages last night against North Carolina in the national title game. All right, so... Speaking of Carrington, we've talked a lot about this on the drive the last couple of days, and I'm sure he loves this topic because he loves to just rain praise on KU. It's his favorite thing to do. Bill Self would now Roy out of the game, K out of the game, and a second title, and four Final Fours, and the bevy of Big 12 titles. I don't remember the number of in a row, nor do I remember the total number. It's like all of them. Is he now the best coach in college basketball? No question. And since KU has this super rich tradition is he the best KU coach of all time already yes I think the answer is yes at at this point certainly the the second question uh he's got two titles no one else has two at the end of the day you measure by titles he's got a lot of final fours other guys have final fours he's got a lot of big 12 titles other guys have a lot although he's got more than the other ones. yeah yeah uh but at the end of the day, banners, the big banners matter the most. And he has had a significant run of success at KU. And not just the banners and the and the, the Big 12 championships, but one seed, one seed, one seed, two seed, one seed, two seed, three seed, one seed. I mean, that's that's has been his last several years. Like that that sustained level of success for this for so long, for that entire time period, everyone has a down year. He has not had a down year. And that that to me, you you add it all up uh, for sure, and he'll he'll soon take over as as uh, most winningest coach uh, in in program history. Uh, but when you look around the rest of college basketball, who do you want to put in the conversation? I mean, I will accept Jay Wright. He's got two. Um, who else has two? That's it. 
Other than Rick Pitino, one of them, maybe not so much. Well, and he's at Iona, but there's, I mean, in terms high of majors. this. Let's talk high like majors. This coaching fraternity, you can't really look at anybody else who, who's got that pedigree. Uh, you, you look at, you know, guys at Virginia, you got guys at Michigan State, Tom Izzo. They've only got one. And it goes to show you how much winning a title does for you. Like we won this and it was important, but how hard is it to win 14 straight conference titles? It's hard because no one ever does it. No one's ever done it before. It's been like almost done by UCLA. uh, But we, we surpassed that. He surpassed that. It's hard to do, but you, he didn't get that credit. He was like viewed as a really good coach, but he didn't have that, that extra thing he needed. And that extra thing was a title gets this one this year and leapfrogs everybody else. Jay Wright's there. Jay Wright has down years. Jay Wright has missed the tournament fairly recently. He's had a good run, had a great run. Great run. But he's got this string of no less than a four seed since he's been here, 19 years. It's crazy. And mostly ones. And mostly ones. Mostly ones. So mm-hmm. I, I don't even know who else you'd throw in that, that conversation. I mean, you've got some guys who are, you know, pretty good. Calipari, somebody that – you know, we shouldn't forget about here. He Kentucky re- fans aren't very happy right now. He recruits guys and he's won a title, won a title with Anthony Davis, but they're getting a little antsy they're right antsy now down there. BBN. Well, no. they, that's their favorite thing is to be antsy. I mean, uh, did you guys see the message boards? They lost to St. Peter's. It was the bring back tubby was a real thing that people <laughs> said. I mean, that's one of the silliest things you're going to say. You mentioned the multiple titles. I am very unpopular on the text line. Cause I'm a big sample size. Don't look at the one and done tournament. You know, the, the enormity of a regular season is more important than a single game. So I've always felt like Bill self was already here because of his incredible regular season success, both in the big 12 and just everywhere he's gone. And the ball just bounces wrong for him most times in the, in the NCAA tournament. But now for him to be what the 15, 16, 17th guy to have multiple titles. That's, that's really rarefied air. His Wikipedia page now has an extra little, a notch. And that one notch makes him, one with a bullet to me. You mentioned down years with Jay Wright. Jay Wright doesn't have the success in the Big East. The Big East is not, this isn't your guys. I mean, that was mean. You, you, are you trying is, to say we're old? You guys are old. Are you about to say this is not the 80s <laughs> yeah. Big East? Man, yeah. I was like five. Yeah. Let's, let's not yeah. go crazy was, here. Well, you guys have kids. That's just the barometer oh, okay. for old. All right, all right, all right. That's, that's how that works. Doing. But this isn't Patrick Ewing's <laughs> Big East. This isn't Allen Iverson's Big East. This is the Creighton Big East. I would say what Bill Self did up until this point was more impressive than Jay Wright. And now I think he gets to push himself over everyone in college basketball, which is a comeback title. And it's not like he suddenly became a better coach last night. It's just how he's perceived uh, amongst the general public and, and his peers. I think he's always been this great coach. And I think that getting this extra notch is just giving him that recognition. I, I mean, I can't even tell you who else it would be. I mean, I don't want to disrespect Jay Wright. I think he's right up there with him. Calipari's up there, but he doesn't have that extra title. It's, it's really with, without Roy, without Coach K, it's really become a, a two-man, you know, these are the leaders in the clubhouse for best. To your point, you mentioned that two gives him into rarefied air. But among his peers, like, and, and the two gets him to now he's on the pedestal to be considered among the best. Mm-hmm. That's talking head stuff. That's, you know, that's people who aren't really college basketball fan talk. That's 
that's a, the, the the sports radio hosts that spend 99% of their time on college football, NFL, and MLB, NBA, and then have to talk about college basketball for like 15 minutes a season. That's what they think about Bill Self. But among his peers and among people who know better, he's all, like, to your point, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. He has been there. Mm-hmm. Now, he, he marries the both both sides are married together, and now 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 everybody can agree that he is among the you know the very very top. I will say this, and we talked about this earlier on the show. If you want to catch the podcast page, a little plug for us. We talked about this. It looked like Self last night was extra emotional with the win. Did, did you guys know that he was talking to the Dotson, talking to the little players? It seemed like there was an extra ump for him, which has led fans to have fan theories. That's what fans do. Some people think he had that. It was because of the passing of his father earlier. Some people think it could be the looming NCAA. He feels like the hammer's coming. He got one in before the hammer's coming. I guess it's kind of a loaded question because I'm working on the premise that he looked more emotional last night. But considering the roller coaster he's been on, did you find it a little odd that he seemed more emotional last night's win than a coach would be when they get that second title? You know, I bet it's all he's thought about for 14 years. You finally reach that moment again. You're chasing it. You're chasing it. You have the team to, to win in, in 10. You have the team to win in 11. You've got these other great teams, and it just doesn't happen. So, I, I mean, as much as it's joy, it's probably just an incredible relief for it to finally happen again. I mean, everyone knows he should have already had it, right, he, amongst his peers, amongst the general population. When he reaches that, I bet it was just this huge you know, boulder lifted off of his shoulders and he got it. I mean, I, I bet it's just a big relief. I'll bite. I'll bite. I think you're right. I think it was a little more emotional. And I think he, I mean, he said it all season, even in the, in the post game stuff. And, and after his dad died, you know, how, how important it was for him to get that comeback win against K state, you know, how much it meant to him. He's like, you got, you guys don't know how much this means to me and, and to do this on this day. And he's talked about, you know, how he talks more to his, to his dad right now, this season than he did when he was alive. Like, he obviously, this meant a lot to him for that. But the other side of it, I think you're right. I think he knows, and I think a lot of people know, that the hammer is coming. That the hammer is probably going to come for him. It might come for the program, but it's probably going to come for him too. He may not be in the tournament next year. He may not be in the tournament for two years if we have some certain reports are true. Mm-hmm. And yeah, hell yeah, this mattered. This mattered a lot. I mean, you're there. You made it all the way. You have to win this one. And I think that all that emotion came pouring out the family stuff and everything that they've done. Plus these kids like to, (laughs) this is not the most talented team he's had. Mm -mm. We talked about this. They just came together at the right time, played ceiling basketball at the right time, bought in on him, bought in on defense. And I mean, you could just see how proud he was for that. Let's talk about the NCAA for 90 seconds because I don't like the NCAA. I think this whole thing's silly <laughs> because he's he's going to get Kelvin Sampson. He's going to be get in trouble for something that's just acceptable now. Yeah. Like we saw Adidas has an NIL fund now. It's normal. It's all this stuff that's just becoming normal. Do you do, had you guys believe? I guess let me phrase this differently. Those reports that the two year hammer is coming. Does that is that as foolish to you that he's going to catch two years to you as it is me? Because getting two years. For stuff that's not even against the rules anymore, seems like just absolute lunacy. And they're trying their hardest, they being the NCAA, to make an example of self. And I do think that a little bit caught the emotion last night. 
You know, maybe I, the two year thing is, I think, specific to him. I don't think that there's a two year postseason. Yeah, it's, I should qualify. It's the uh, it's, the reports are it's a Bill Self two year ban and th- Townsend too, for what that's worth. <laughs> there's just <laughs> there's so much we don't know. Uh, that maybe that's probably a part of it. But you know, it, he maybe felt the clock ticking in terms of, you know. It, am I going to be able to do this again in the near future and had to have it now? And, and he got it. I mean, that's, that's an important thing for him to do to, to capitalize on these things that he hasn't been able to capitalize on, on since, since 08. We talk about the, 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 the best part of the last night or one of the best parts was when you had old Mark Emmert mm-hmm. NCAA president up on the dais, holding the trophy, hands the trophy to whatever the other guy's name is. And he has to go up there with Coach Self, whom he obviously thinks is a cheater. And he's sort of said, you know, and as much and, and is angry that the, the developments have not moved faster and blah, blah, blah. And he's got to stand up there on the dais and hand Coach Self this trophy. That was just, I, I, was, I was all in on that. That was brilliant for me. Of course, he then proceeded to call them the Kansas City Jayhawks. Hmm. So we'll... we'll- the Kansas City he screwed up a nice moment for all of us. <laughs> Look every you. every KU fan wanted that moment. We wanted self to be like, give me that. But instead, he went up there and said something stupid. The Kansas City Jayhawks. Hey, it's only right since Kansas has taken over the Chiefs uh, that you guys, the Kansas City, can now have. Uh, <laughs> you can now you know the text line to hate you. Come on. <laughs> Kansas, Kansas is taking. We're going to go have uh, the Kansas Chiefs and you all have the Kansas City Jayhawks. <laughs> all right. You're listening to The Drive here on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Again, Carrington Harrison was nice enough to give me the keys to the car for the five o'clock hour. It's our most listened to hour. So we are taking you up until bank at night at six o'clock. I am joined by the guys of Jayhawk Talk Radio, the Jayhawk Talk Podcast, Andrew Payne, Kevin Meckley. When we come back we'll put a bow on this thing we'll continue to talk about kansas historic comeback win against north carolina last night in the national title game down in nola that's next it's a drive you're listening to the drive the home for carrington's hypothetical button game on 610 sports radio and the odyssey app a spy, a kitchen and bath your home will thank you 70 percent of the fortune 100 choose zoom With phone, chat, workspaces, apps, events, and video in a single platform, Zoom powers all your communications. Large enterprises, small businesses, and individuals use the secure Zoom platform to enable new ways of working, learning, hosting events, and supporting their customers. And now you can save 15% on meetings, chat, and phone with the Zoom United Bundle. Visit zoom.com slash bundle. Zoom. How the world connects. You're always up for some fun with the family. So you order the essentials, a new board game, some baking supplies, and even a new projector for outdoor movie night. And with the Bank of America customized cash rewards credit card, you can choose to earn 3% cash back on online shopping, which could increase to up to 5.25% as a preferred rewards member. Rewards which you can put toward an extra treat that everyone will enjoy, like an old-fashioned popcorn machine. Visit bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding and apply now. Copyright 2021 Bank of America Corporation. Get off my bumper. Traffic. Sponsored by Indeed.com with wet roads out there. we got a couple of accidents now. Southbound 435 is Gregory. Two lanes are blocked there. One lane squeezing by. 
You're backing up towards 350 Highway and on eastbound 70 at Prospect. Left lane shut down with a multi-vehicle crash. You're backed up into downtown. When you need to hire, you need Indeed. Their powerful hiring platform helps you attract, interview, and hire candidates all in one place. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Jay Edwards, 610 Sports Radio. Get off my bumper traffic. All right, welcome back into the drive. One segment to go before Bink and I takes over. I am not Carrington Harrison. Don't need to change your radio dial. I am Rob Brinton. Carrington gave me the keys to the car for the 5 o'clock hour today. said, hey, you know what, Rob? Okay, you won a national title last night, and that probably makes you very excited. So we're gonna, I'm going to give you the 5 o'clock hour. I graciously accept it because KU did win a national title last night. He then booked me some guests. I'm joined here by the guys at Jayhawk Talk Radio. New episode of Jayhawk Talk Radio tomorrow right here at 6 o'clock, right? Nick Short will be back. So people who hate me will be really excited that you'll get Nick back in this chair as opposed to me. And then Jayhawk Talk podcast. So a lot of exciting stuff here happening at 5 o'clock hour and so on and so forth. We only got about four minutes left on the show. I managed the clock poorly. I went full Scott Drew. But <laughs> let's talk about this national title because KU is a blue blood. They have a lot of banners, which real quick, last night I was in Allen Fieldhouse. I don't know how they're going to fit the extra banner in there. I don't know all the, find logistics. I don't know all the logistics. I'm not an engineer, but I was like sitting there thinking to myself, what, no, how are they going <laughs> to... That's but a good problem. These are good problems good to have. Problem. There are worse problems to have. <laughs> That's blue blood problems. Oh, but, these don't fit. Yeah, oh, man. too many of them. Considering KU does have now the four or six for your Helms Trophy person national <laughs> titles, where does this team stack up all time to you guys as far as other KU teams? Because they had the big comeback. They're not self's most talented team of all time, but they get to cash and they get to walk away with rings. Where does this team stack up all time in Bill Self, Kansas lore? Sure, you can say that about the talent, but it takes a special team to win a title, and we've only had four of those titles. So it's it's up there for me. I mean, you compare it with the 2010 team. Would the 2010 team beat this team? Probably. Probably. Mm-hmm. Would the 2017 team beat this team? Probably. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I put that this team, this 2022 team, ahead of it because they got it done. Those other teams didn't do it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you, you remember the, the winners. You remember the ones who didn't lose their last game. Uh, these guys by default have to be above those. They just have to. Uh, and you know what? They became kind of a lovable team too. Why? Because they, they turned into a team that found a way to play ceiling basketball at the most opportune time to play ceiling basketball. And that doesn't happen very often. Mm-mm. It just doesn't. And, you know, particularly for coach self and for just for this program where we've had these early exits and, and whatever, it was, a, it was nice to see for the first time in a long time, a team, even though they're not the best, probably not the best team in college basketball this year, find a way to play ceiling basketball at the exact right time and the exact right moments. Cause it wasn't the full game for most of these two. It was a half here. It was a stretch there, but they got it done. And that's certainly something I'll remember. You mentioned the finishing the job and you're right. Title teams will always be viewed differently by fans than say the 2010 team that probably should want a title, but didn't, but considering the talent on this team, they've always kind of reminded me of like, no, they want a title. So it's going to sound very mean that 2012 team, the fact that they seem to be playing over their heads, they were playing ceiling basketball down the stretch. They kind of seem like a little bit of a plucky upstart, but they get to cash in considering they cashed in and you only get to judge it against other title teams. Do you think this one has a little more fan favorite feel? Because it's not the six NBA guys that went out there and won a ring like in 2008. It's not, it's more Danny Manning and the miracles than it is 08. Is there like a plucky lovability of this team? Because they weren't 
just the roll the ball out there was super talent team. Yeah. I mean, these, these were not five-star recruits. These were guys from Kansas city and Burlington and Columbia that were, you know, afterthoughts. They were not recruited by Duke. They were not recruited by Kentucky. Okay. You know, the staff saw something in these guys and, you know, they went out and got them, developed them. And so it was one of those, you see it over time come together type of programs, type of teams where you, we've seen these guys develop. Like it was not a one and done situation. It was not a, you know, a transfer necessarily was, you know, a huge transfer portal. It caused everything. This was a, you saw it develop and you got to the top, you got to the mountaintop with, with these guys. And that makes it maybe a little bit more special because you know them, you know, you know who they are, you know who they've become. Some teams are, are born with greatness and some of them have to really achieve greatness. <laughs> they had to go through a lot, a lot of obstacles to get to that level. And they got there. The ultimate cash and the ultimate prize. All right. Well, thank you for guys for coming in. Thank yeah. you for Carrington to booking me some guests. You Thanks, guys C-Dot. got another show tomorrow night. You can do this all over again. It's going to sound more excited, better. What's what's different tomorrow night versus tonight? We'll be uh, popping bottles in here. We're going to get everything wet. It's just going to be a disaster. We will <laughs> not be invited back, but it will be worth it. I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> Out with a bang. There you go. <laughs> Those are the guys from the Jayhawk Talk Radio. You can hear their show tomorrow at 6 o'clock with Nick Schwartz. I am Rob Brenton, producer of the drive. Carrington Harrison, very nice of him to give me the keys to the car for the 5 o'clock hour. Kansas Jayhawks, last night, historic comeback. They beat North Carolina mm. to win their fourth. Scratch that. I love Helms titles. Sixth <laughs> national title <laughs> yeah. in program history. Helms guy. Rock here. Chalk Jayhawk. Bink at night is next. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, the most miserable Mizzou fan in the Metro. My team stinks. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.